Welcome to Chasing the Nimbus. My name is Nimu, and this is my co-host, Virgil Texas. This is episode 12. You can find us on Spotify, Rumble, Cozy TV, Truth Social, Gab, and Facebook Live. Today's episode is about... Hold on, I think I need to do a better intro. Allow me, okay? Welcome okay. to Chasing the Nimbus. My name is Moopy. Today we watch. Let's restart. Okay. Sugar bunnies. Let's uh, just restart. No, that, that was it. That was the, that's how the intro to this episode should be. I have one other alternate intro. You want me to do it? Yeah, one more. Okay, here's take, take number three. This is like the secret tapes in Tony Hawk for a skater. Yeah, everyone's getting a view behind the curtain. All right, here's a, here's a intro number three. This episode of Chasing the Nimbus, we watched Sugar Bunnies! Yay! Sugar Bunnies <laughs> is an animated television series starring Kurosa and Chirosa, the Sanrio character duo who make pastries. The Sugar Bunnies live in Bunnies Field Bunnies. I feel like we should let people know what happened. This we could have been watching normal anime, but this is a, the punishment wheel week. And continuing from the last week where we watched the horniest worst episode ever made, uh, now we're watching the littlest, babiest, winkiest uh, anime ever made. Okay, <laughs> I feel like there's no context that like makes it better. I'm trying to provide context right now, and the context is we put our diapers on and we watch Whittle Bunnies One and Wound Bunnies Field Bunnyland. The anime had three seasons called Sugar Bunnies, Sugar Bunnies Chocolate, Chocolate. I keep laughing. <laughs> and? and Sugar Bunnies Floor? No, allow me. Sugar Bunnies Floor. Respectively. <laughs> <laughs> It aired on TV Tokyo and Kid Station between 2007 and 2009 as a part of Kitty's Paradise Plus. <laughs> Kitty's Sug- Paradise Plus, the only place where you can watch Sugar Bunnies chuckle now. Sugar Bunnies was directed by Hiroshi <laughs> Kukimiya, the main animator for Death Note. Wait, is his what? name Cookie, Cookie Mia? Hiroshi Kukimiya. Kukimiya, he made cookies the- in Sugar Bunny Fairyland. The main cookie figure for Death Note. What similarities to Death Note and Sugar Bunnies? Oh, yeah. So Death Note's about killing people, and Sugar Bunnies is about me wanting to kill myself. So that's the similarity. If you had. They both deal with death in a complicated way. How so? Well, one, it's about complicating death. Like once you start killing people, it becomes an ever more complex process of you know how do you get away with it how do you continue doing it how do you use it to you know achieve your ideals and goals and sugar bunnies is like what are the most creative ways i could come up with to like stop watching sugar bunnies like put my head in the oven how hot do i have to make the oven do i you know uh how many pills do i need to take (laughs) overdose to stop watching sugar bunnies for hours and hours and hours well they're kind of important questions they're kind of like spirits from a different dimension too Mm, yeah, the bunnies are probably like dead people who are like, maybe the last thing on their mind as they were dying was like, oh, I wish I had cookies. If that's like your last thought as you were dying, you become a sugar bunny. 
All right, good comparisons. Yep, comparison over. <laughs> what has been your experience with Sanrio? And do or did you ever like any Sanrio or other cutesy things? Another example being Camtaro or something. Uh, one of the first animes I watched with my very like male friends was Hamtaro. We were all beating like each Hamtaro. other up, like doing backyard wrestling, but we would also like after school we'd watch Hamtaro together. Hamtaro was on like right before Gundam for some reason when I was Yeah, it was up. like Dragon Ball Z, Hamtaro, then like Gundam or some other like crap crap ass show. Shin Chan was like on Adult Swim, so you would watch like Yu Yu Hakusho, Togias, whatever, and then like Shin Chan. Yes. Um, anyway, I do not have much Hello Kitty Sanrio type experience. Uh, I had a Choco Pat pencil. That is the most memorabilia I think I've ever had involving Hello Kitty related uh, products. Um, I mean, I, like, I love I like cutesy stuff, but uh, I yeah. I love Sanrio, particularly Kuromi. Kuromi is. Oh, there's like a couple of characters I thought you really liked from Sanrio, but then it turned out you didn't like those ones. I don't think we're allowed to mention <laughs> Bimbo and Madonna. <laughs> Bimbo and what's, Slimbo, your favorite the other characters. One? We're not going to talk about them. Sambo and uh, Marianne. What's her Mupi name? was doing research to Sanrio and found out. They had characters which are just blackface depictions. Of yeah, everyone should know that I children. came into this sh this episode with an agenda, which is to destroy and cancel Sanrio. And I was looking for dirt, and I found some. I hit the mother load. I like how this is so disjointed. We can't even commit to a joke. Well, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a rough episode. This is the stack. This, this this really lives up to the punishment wheel. In case anyone was wondering. If you made it this far, just click off, please. No, keep listening. It's fine. So, I guess we're just moving on. I don't really, like, have anything to say other than, like, yes, I had whatever, every cute random thing as a child. I, I did not. I had other things going on. that didn't. I thought this would those. be an interesting question because maybe you had something, but for me it's just, like, you were yes, looking for like I... the moopy, the moopy deep lore reveal where I actually have like yeah. had an entire bedroom full of like Hello Kitty memorabilia. Because it's boring for me. It's like yeah, obviously I had like a bunch of random Sanrio shit. Yeah, I did not. Uh, it's I like do I you like Sailor Moon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any extra insight anyone anyone could possibly hope for, except that there were some racist Sanrio characters back in the day. Wow, really cool research. <laughs> yeah, I did some really good research for this episode. So I'm not sure how familiar you are into core aesthetics, but Sanrio Core is an aesthetic centered around Sanrio Company. Sanrio's most popular icon, Hello Kitty, has become one of the world's best-selling brands. How do you feel about the rise and continued trend of core aesthetics throughout the 2010s and 2020s? Okay, so I will say this. This is actually a pretty good question, because you'd assume that me who, you know, only has the most pretentious and high-minded artistic, you know, tastes would probably not like this sort of thing. But I actually am pretty okay with it. I actually kind of like it because so much, like, American advertising is so ugly, just in general. We just have so... Our aesthetics are so ugly for all of our ads and illustrative work and all the, you know, memorabilia and shit so, like, disgusting and horrible to look at, in my opinion, that I will take, you know, something else. And Hello Kitty definitely has an aesthetic that... Is a little more aesthetic, you know, a little more pleasing than I think what we normally get a lot of the time. So I'll take it, even if it's not like my favorite thing. Yeah, I would prefer just cute 
mascots like Pikachu in Hello Kitty versus like Tumblr pop art. Or like Jimmy John's like, you know, breakfast egg sandwich or something on like plastered over every billboard. Yeah, you go through like three stores and one of them is like a Trump memorabilia shop with like yeah. flames on it and like an eagle. Yeah. Then the next one is like Tumblr pop art we work or something. Yeah, exactly. And, and I then think you see the some, Hello Kitty story. Yeah, I think like, there oh. is some like, you know, cross contamination of that style. I mean, the WeWork, you know, epic office worker uh, illustration style, I think is copying directly from Sanrio, cutesy wootsy, uh, simplistic, super flat like aesthetics. It's just that it has no soul and it has no actual character to it. And whoever illustrated or designed it has no idea what goes into like character design. So those those same aesthetics get turned into this flat, like lifeless thing. Whereas I think that, I mean, I'm not saying it's the most amazing art in the world, but Hello Kitty or Sanrio type, you know, graphic design has some element of like trying to make an aesthetically pleasing character to it. So there yeah, is... I would take that stuff most of the day, most any day. If I'm walking around looking at ads for some stupid reason, that is that's preferable most of the time. There's kind of like three lines. Like the first one is Futurama. The second one's like Adventure Time. Yeah. And then when you go too far, it's like the corporate like yes. bastardization of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, yeah, Hello Kitty is preferable to those sorts of things. I think most of the time. I think it's funny that like you don't really have any like material or like substantive qualm with it. You're kind of just like we live in Hell World and it looks prettier. So fucking. Totally, yeah. I mean, the options are like looking at Texaco signs all day long, or like, yeah, Trump memorabilia store or some horrible shit like that, or like living in Times Square and having eight thousand different billboards like blasting you in the face eight hours a day. So yeah, take the Hello Kitty shit and just like don't look back at <laughs> the other options. You're walking through like Mega Block and you look up and see Pinky Doll going ice cream so good projection, and you say, "Finally." Yeah, yeah. I've come to an oasis in the desert. As uh, she bounces up and down and says, yum, yum, ice cream, so good. When do you think the core thing started? Because when I was, like, 10, it was already a thing, right? Like, Oh, yeah. No, stuff? it started way before then. Hello Kitty was, like, I mean, I know that it goes back to the 80s, right, in Japan. But in America, growing up as a kid, it was, like, late 90s when it started to become popular among like school kids as like you know pencils and like uh stationery and stuff i was seeing kids who would have like hello kitty pencils and notebooks and all the stickers on their little folders and stuff so i remember when it was getting more popular but i mean i wasn't an adult so i couldn't have a you know clear-eyed view of what was happening aesthetically or, or anything or design wise but as far as i understand it in my own personal experience as an american child it seemed like it was a, becoming a thing in the late 90s there is like this weird thing where like Japan will copy like the modern French in mm. Western fashion at the time, import it, mm. process it through their own whatever like machinations, and then spit it out. Then like five years later, we're like, actually, that was really cool. That was so epic that you are eating baguettes now. Yeah, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen a baguette. It's so amazing that Japan invented baguettes. But if you look at a lot of those magazines, it's like just copying stuff they were doing in like london or whatever and like sure. somebody like I mean, 10 years way, earlier that's the way fashion works i mean everyone's referencing and looking in other places for inspiration but yeah i mean those things can be cyclical depending on country and you know location and stuff i guess i don't know enough about like subculture in japan to see if it's like mm -hmm. meaningfully similar to like how we would interpret a chorus that i 
I like that they have the big hair when they're being like Elvis impersonators. That's that's the best thing that that's the most I know. That was one of my favorite things when I was like in middle school. I learned that like the Ramones reviewed in South America, and there's like pictures of just a hundred like Brazilian guys dressed as the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, who can? I have no understanding of how these trends and like aesthetics uh, work in in non-American countries. I couldn't even begin to give you an, an, an explanation. I can give you a quick example. Sure. Do you know what health goth is, or have you heard of it? I've dated a health goth one time. Basically, it originated the term anyway in this like vague manifesto with a lot of like cyber illusions and all kinds of stuff in it. Yes. And then people just started writing articles about it, and it caught on, and you know, it eventually kind of just got absorbed into the broader cultural relevance. But the people that wrote the thing were like. Oh, there was, like, actually supposed to be a point to this or something? They had some ideals behind their health goth aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah, my first my first uh, uh, interaction with the health goth aesthetic was hearing about, like, health goth yoga at St. Vitus in Brooklyn. <laughs> I guess yeah. that by that time it was already over. I'm assuming that means that the health, I mean, it was supposed to be, like, an exercise thing or whatever, and you just, like, dress like an idiot and do yoga. Um... I mean, I there's know. just always going to be, like, very non-serious, like, manifestos and stuff. Right? I guess. No, I, would, I wouldn't know. I'm not a health goth. I mean, there's just always going to be some guy like Nick Lyon writing some bullshit that some uh. bunch of people will enjoy. And mm. people will say, wow, that's really cool. Let me take all the cool aspects and all the stupid shit you can have. And then they get mad at you for just wanting to look cool or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, if you try and, if you, if your main goal is to look cool and you try and give it any sort of spin, like, this is actually to, like, save the world or this is to become a robot or something, then, yeah, I mean, it's not really trustworthy that that's, that people have pure intentions or anything. Looking at something like Sanrio Core, how do you think one of the more childish and playful side materializes? Do you think it's similar to the recent fascination with Barbie? Or something in the past like Twilight? Or is it more akin to a Chris Chan-like fixation with Sonic? Mm, Sanrio core? Mm, I think Barbie Barbie fascination is like... I think it's entirely corporate produced. Uh, it's an entire... It's an, it has almost nothing to do with uh, any sort of natural aesthetic taste or something. I feel like it's 100% manufactured by Epic Reddit guys or something. It's like enjoying Gwen Stefani in the 2000s or something. Uh, you tell me. I couldn't speak to or that. Or Pink? Who's the girl? Pink? Maybe? The, well, Gwen Ste- didn't Gwen Stefani? Wasn't she the Harajuku person? Yeah. She's the person that's like, I'm literally Japanese. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's 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 uh, taking whatever this thing was and purely distilling it down into like, how do I turn this into like an epic platinum album or something? Uh, not that I think Sanrio or Sanrio Core or whatever is like this pure, untu- you know, untouched thing, but uh, some of these other media obsessions or flash in the pan things feel way more like. I mean, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just nostalgia, but it feels more overproduced because of the time that we existed now. Looking at these trends happen. I guess the thing about Sanrio Core is like. 
even though there's a wealth of people into it and all that now, it still is like kind of obscure to be that wholeheartedly dedicated to it. Mm. Well, so, it's a little hard for me to judge it because I don't have a huge uh, understanding or personal interaction with people who are like into the Sanrio stuff. I guess besides you, if you're that into it. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Are you Sanrio core? Is that are you telling me this so. now? Yeah, I'm coming out the closet. Uh-oh. I don't know, is Karomi Sanrio Koi? And just obsessing over Karomi? What the heck is that? Karomi's like evil Hello Kitty. The... Alright, I'm gonna look this up. What is it? K-U-R-O... Is this a VTuber? No, it's not a... It, it might be a VTuber name now. Oh boy. Now we're making me sound like a real old person, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Karomi's like emo Hello Kitty. Okay. She's from My Melody. Oh, right. The stem cell uh, Sanrio person. No, it's not stem cell Sanrio person. <laughs> See, I feel like this episode's terrible. Should we restart this? And no, just, this episode's like... going good. Don't even question it. Alright. This is just going zero announcement on uh, Spotify. What? What's the problem? I don't know what you're <laughs> worried about. <laughs> okay. Should we tell right. people what trigger bunnies is now? Sorry, I should have prepared something. I I didn't. I thought those were like decent questions, but I did. I just kind of realized I was like, well, the first one is like, do you like Sanrio? And then the second one is like, do you have any familiarity with this? And you're like, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe I should have read more about it so I could lie and say that I love Hello Kitty. I, maybe you should have because right. I'm like next episode I'm gonna I'm gonna lie. You and don't say know who Karomi is. I'm like I I don't even know. I should have like got an article or something explaining <laughs> this. Like, it would, this would have been, like, the best case scenario. Really. Well, I think we're better off me having no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Hiromi is not a character question. in Sugar Bunnies. We're just talking about Hello Kitty right now. No, I know. I'm just saying Sanrio for, you know. Uh-huh. Just saying. I love, the, I love the Sugar Bunnies. Is that Sanrio core? The first question's a meme. The second one is, do you, like, do you like Sanrio? And then the third one is like, let's talk about like core aesthetics. And you're like, I don't know slash care. And then the second question is a follow up to that. Now onto the the fifth part of it. Or fourth now onto the meat of the podcast. There's it's just a meme. Oh right. It's, <laughs> okay. It's now just onto a meme. the meat of the podcast, a long meme which you will read in its entirety. I'm not reading this. Okay. <laughs> Charles Fourier, an early thinker in the socialist movement, wrote the following <laughs> in his piece, The Theory of the Four Movements. Mufi, go ahead and read it for the audience. Okay, this is going to act as the recap for Sugar Bunnies, okay? So everyone pay very close attention. It I haven't be- been this mad since we did like a live action reading of the uh, <laughs> opening for Dead Man one day. What? You're interrupting me as I recount Sugar Bunnies, please. It may be thought that if the blasts of winter can be so far reduced in the northern temperate zone temperatures near the equator will become intolerably hot. Mm, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with Sugar Bunnies. But this will not be the case. Other factors will contribute to making the equator more temperate, making summer in Senegal less enervating than summer now is in France. A benign and moderate range of temperature will take the place of the storms and hurricanes which extend from the equator to the temperate zones, and new climates will appear at the middle of the globe as as, as at its poles. 
I shall not say anything here about the cause causes of this correction of the equatorial temperature, as they do not have anything to do with the creation of the northern crown. To sum up, when these various principles of moderation are operating on the Earth's atmosphere, the worst climate such uh, the worst climate such as that at Akhotsk, Akhotsk, and Yakutsk will uh, Yakutsk will be able to rely on <laughs> eight or nine months fine weather and a sky free of fogs and hurricanes, which will become almost unheard of on the continental land masses and occur only very rarely in the areas near the sea. All right, everyone keeping up? That was the first episode of Sugar Bunny. Second episode. You... It goes without saying. It goes without saying that these improvements would not affect high mountains and areas close to the sea to some extent. Oh to the same extent. Particularly the three continental extremities near the South Pole, which will not have a crown and will always be shrouded in ice and fog. This, however, will not prevent areas close to the pole sharing in different ways in the crown's influence, which, among other benefits, will change the taste of the sea and disperse or precip precipitate bituminous particles by spreading a boreal citric acid. In combination with salt, this liquid will give the sea a flavor of the kind of lemonade known as igrisol. It will thus be easy to remove the saline and citric particles from the water and render it drinkable, which will make it ne unnecessary for ships to be provisioned with barrels of water. I this like breaking down of seawater like... by the boreal liquid is a necessary preliminary to the development of new sea creatures, which will provide a host of amphibious servants to pull ships and help in fisheries, replacing the ghastly legions of sea monsters, which will be annihilated by the admixture of boreal fluid and the consequent changes to the sea's structure. The sudden death of all, all of them will rid the ocean of these vile creatures. Images of the intensity of our passions, which are represented by the bloodthirsty battles of so many monsters. Death will strike them all at the same moment. Just as we shall see the hateful customs of civilized man, barbarians, and savages disappear in an instant to give way to the virtues which will be honored triumphantly in the combined order because they will become the way to wealth and pleasure. And that was episode number two of Sugar Bunnies. I like that this is like the origin of socialism. <laughs> is this? Was the origin of the origin of socialism was turning the ocean into candy and killing all the sea monsters so that we can have special seals pulling our boats around? I think he's like literally the guy that coined the term socialism. I see. I think that he might have been onto something. I I didn't remember it being this violent. He's just talking about like genociding sea creatures. Yeah, but who gives a shit if you're like killing like a whale or something? If you're gonna have like a special seal that like pulls your boat around. You're gonna get the like water drug money from land of the lusters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't you want that instead of stupid whales? Well, sorry, I'm dumb. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> uh, let's learn about Francois Marie Charles Fourier. This is actually relevant to sugar bunnies because sugar bunnies takes place entirely in France. Actually, he invented the word feminism, not the word socialism. Please. Did he really? That's what it says. He's credited with having originated the word feminism in 1837. While it may be utopian and largely meta metamorphic, <laughs> do you think the sea of lemonade? <laughs> yes, continue. I'm listening. Instead of meta metaphor, I wrote metamorphic. <laughs> While it may be utopian and largely metamorphic, do you think the sea of lemonade will be ushered in potentially by a sugar bunny style socialism? 
Now, I'm going to say a couple of things about this. Okay. What? That was a lot of work to get to the smallest payoff of a bit that I've ever seen. Now, second off, no, the sugar bunnies live in a monarchy. What the fuck? They don't have socialism. What are you talking about? The sugar bunnies literally have sugar queens who send them on quests and then they take them back whenever they're done. So no, we are not implementing sugar bunny style mon monarchic socialism. That's definitely not going to get us no sea of lemonade. If every if it's obviously a democratic workplace and they have worker meetings, a democratic so monarchy. Yeah, so if they elect someone to be their boss, their direct democracy isn't that still socialism. You can't elect a queen. I'm I'm hardline on this. Okay, onto the meat of the episode. Wait, there's meat in the episode? No, there's not meat. There's only sugar in the episode. Well, there's sugar. I do have one last thing to say before we start the episode. Really? Yeah. Um, twins? <laughs> the Sugar Bunny's world is all twins. Everyone's a twin. Every object is a twin. The sun is a twin. So it's leaning heavy on the twins. We definitely will not be getting any socialism unless we have, like, everyone gets a clone of themselves to, like, double their productivity and stuff. Oh, man. I, I just, we're, like, 30 minutes in and I'm already out of stuff to say. I think we're really doing a great job. I have a lot to say about this show. All right, you take the lead. You're in charge. Okay, let's talk about the plot of Sugar Bunnies. Everyone's been waiting for this. They've been listening to our horrible bits and stupid jokes that don't make any sense and me not knowing what the fuck a Sugar Bunny even is. So let's hit people, the people with the I have wrote that outline in five minutes. I can see that. <laughs> Before I rewatched the show and did anything, I wrote that in five minutes and said that this will work. Okay, well, anyway, let's do the plot of Sugar Bunnies, okay? I thought the Sanrio course stuff was good, but you had nothing to say about it. What can I do? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you might have known. All right, well, next time we watch, like, Puzzle of God, you can ask me that calculus, and I won't have anything to tell you. Okay, I'll do, I'll do that. We'll watch Puzzle of God. In Puzzle of God, is. many characters are seen doing high-level calculus. Do you have any experience with calculus? No. What do you think of Lelouch's opening move in chess? <laughs> well, see, I could talk about that because I do know chess. But it's his, actually his ending move, not his opening move, when we see the first let's, episode, at least. Let's, let's hear Elo, little bro. Uh, what? ESG score? Despacito? Lelouch's ESG score? <laughs> All right, anyway, the plot of Sugar Bunnies. A group of 14 twin bunnies, twins, do various twins. jobs in their homeland of Bunnies Field. One day, they were given a task from the two queens, who are queens in Bunnies Field. Let's not have any illusions about it. They are queens. Due to their mastery in desserts and were sent to Earth, they landed in the house of a little girl named Sophia, who they befriend. And teach her oh, how to man. make sweets, all while staying undercover as plushies and getting into many situations <laughs> that's my favorite situations pair of bunnies are the ones mm. yeah let's talk about make... bunnies my favorite two are the ones that make coffee because one just holds a cup <laughs> he's really good at holding the cup though yeah there's like there's two bunnies and their only job is to pour coffee that's it so one of them just holds the cup and the other one like pours water in and they're like good job uh, hey excuse you did you see them making the coffee they were doing like bubbling there was like there was like a beaker and there was like bubbling and there was like stuff moving around in the beakers so it's a little more complicated than you make it sound 
the food is weird because the food is not magic. It's just normal food, but they are so skilled at making normal right. food that like it can trigger your brain or whatever to have the specific. They're essentially doing like food want. wars, but PG version of food wars to people who eat their like treats. Their food has like narrative altering abilities to Yeah, they like change they change the, the course of people's lives by giving them like a really good like brownie or something. Multiple characters have their like life turned around because they ate like a sweet tart that one of these bunnies made. Yeah, like there's an episode where their mom is like literally just burns donuts somehow. Yes. Like just actually has the temperature like all the way cranked up. And they're like black and she's like, Oh, I guess I burnt them. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, maybe maybe they've come to a France where no one knows how to cook also. So this is my favorite part where they all get together and their plan is to make her a coffee. So literally like all 10 bunnies or like 18 bunnies gathers around to make a single cup of coffee. Well, it's kind of like that thing, like how many bunnies does it take to make a cup of coffee? 14, 12 to wash, one to hold the cup and one to pour and make the coffee. I was joking about this with thou <laughs> who shall not be named. Uh -oh. And he was like, yeah, how many maths does it take? To <laughs> it like, really okay. appears to take quite a few. Um, I think my favorite bunnies are the gelato bunnies. I like those. I like gelato bunny green. Gelato bunny green is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of their names, so I'm just calling them by whatever I think is closest to what they are. Because he's, he's like a mint green bunny. <laughs> He's like a Power Ranger, Gelato Bunny Green. <laughs> there is, they like they are like bunnies, but there's one that's like just a panda. Well, that's Panda Bunny. Yeah, there's there's a bunny that's just a panda for some reason. But he's a bunny. Um, yeah, I think another. I think another interesting thing. Okay, here's an actual compliment to the show because we're not really gonna. There's, I mean, I fucking hated this and I couldn't even watch it. Uh, so there's not going to be a lot that I can say in terms of like positive things about sugar bunnies, but I, will I have say, nothing but positive things to say. About I know. Sugar bunnies. I will say here's a small moopy compliment for sugar bunnies. I like that the entire show is set in France because there aren't that many anime set in France. Sure. That's it. That's the compliment. Compliment over. <laughs> I think the writing for sugar bunnies is better than Eleven Eyes. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. That doesn't. That's not a compliment, though. <laughs> that's just, that's just a that's just the reality. There is like a problem, and they must resolve it, and they come up with a quirky solution to solve it. I mean, in Eleven Eyes, they have a quirked up solution to solving a lot of the problems. I know Pinky Son <laughs> is definitely quirked up. <laughs> he gets noms in a totally different kind of way. I think he gets nommed on in a totally different way. Hey. Oh, it is very funny that one of the one of the bunnies, one two of the pairs of bunnies don't make any food at all, and they just have. No. There's a glass blowing bunny, and there's a flower bunny. The flower bunnies seem like the worst ones. Okay, they they're in the bottom of the barrel. Flower bunnies, uh, they're worse than coffee bunnies in my opinion. Flower bunnies literally just like walk out into a field and pick up a flower and go, I'm I'm I made this, I picked up this flower. <laughs> I like that these, like, interdimensional, like, magical beings, like, their only power is to, like, pour a cup of coffee or get flowers. Mm -hmm. And, like, they could, like, do something with their powers, but instead they just, like, hang out with a little girl all day. Well, I, I, your recap of the plot of the show is kind of missing an important, an important element to why they are here on Earth. Which is to find out what's most important to a bunny. 
to sell toys, but yes. No, 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 no. Don't say that. <laughs> Sanrio is going to cancel us, probably. So what um, did they learn is the most important part of being a bunny? I think the thing that they learned is having is collecting the most bunnies around yourself at all times is the, is the most important part of being a bunny. Wow, I should do that right now. I think you better do it right now. Get as many bunnies around you as you can. Um, yeah, at the end of the show, obviously spoilers for anyone who's going to watch it and is worried about how figuring out how it all ends. The bunnies do figure out what is most important to them, and that is having bunny friends who help them make coffee and stuff. But what it's really about is getting as many bunnies as you possibly can, collecting them all. Um, I think Sugar so. Bunnies is a cute show to watch. It's like nowhere near as good as like Camtaro or like an actual episode of My Melody or something. Sure. And I think it's easy to see why it got canceled because out of all the Sanrio characters, these are like by far the least interesting ones. Uh, uh, you tell me. I don't know enough about Sanrio like lore to uh to say if these are the worst the worst backstory bunnies or the the best backstory bunnies that there are. Here, look, I'll post a picture of different Sanrio characters. This, this episode of Sanrio Bunnies got dark. And look, these have more personality than, than just mean, like they just random bunnies. On the bunnies. Couldn't they just I know, that? I like how the one picture I found there, like, you, you, put all the sexy, you put all the sexy Sanrio characters together. <laughs> it was the first image. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chaco Cat. That's the only one I like. Actually, no, Gudetama is good, too. Gudetama is an egg. He's good. I think Gudetama is very good. Shouldn't we watch the Gudetama show? That should be on one of the wheels. Is, does that exist? Yeah. Did you not I know about this? It. See, I how do I know it. about the Gudetama show, but I literally don't know what the fuck any of these other bunnies and weird like animals and stuff are. I don't know what any of these guys are, except for the Gudetama show. Gudetama... Do you want to just, like, rattle off your thoughts on it, and we can just be done? I, I have nothing rattle to say. Rattle off my thoughts on the Gudetama show? No, on... Um... I like the part. He's oh, like a little egg man, and he goes, "I'm an egg," and he like slides everywhere, and his little egg butt is like jiggling all the time. I yeah, he's good. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'll throw out some more ideas I had about sugar bunnies. Should we talk about the arcs of sugar bunnies? Do we want to do a narrative recap? Yeah, we have to end the hours. We do. No, but it'd be good. Okay, well, now that everyone's got the, is following along very closely with the recap of Sugar Bunnies' overarching plot, allow me to talk about the various arcs of Sugar Bunnies. The, uh, the show- Did they tell has a live action show? Yes. <laughs> okay, we can, I'll, I'll put it on the wheel. Uh, the episodes themselves are not particularly long. Each episode's like, for, like, eight to ten minutes long, maybe, max. And, uh, they- they're pretty breezy to watch, but I watched the entire series from start to finish at 1.5 speed because it's very slow and hard to get through. Um, each episode doesn't really have any particular story, but they all contribute to like longer arcs that can be told over multiple episodes in some of them, and, or in some of them are just like standalone episodes where the character like falls over and eats a cookie and then it's over. So I'm just going to talk in broad strokes about the, uh, the general arcs in the various episodes of Sugar Bunnies. Starting from the first arc. The first arc of the Sugar Bunnies anime, this is all from the top of my head, by the way, I'm not reading anything. Uh, the first arc concerns the Sugar Bunnies coming to Earth, where they live in France. And so they are kicked out of Bunnyland by the queens because they don't know what is the most important part of being a bunny. So they are sent to Earth to do a fact-finding mission. 
and hopefully come back with some good answers. Uh, before that happens, uh, Kuro Usa and Shiro Usa, the two most talented and important sugar bunnies for the pitissiers, the ones who make all the candy and the treats and the various shits, are given magical spoons by the queens. And the spoons do literally nothing until the very last episode, so don't worry about them. Movie? And, yes. I'm going to grab dinner. You keep yarn. Okay, you got, you leave me alone and I'm going to do this, okay? Okay. All right, all right. Starting from the beginning of this episode, they leave Bunnyland <laughs> and go to France. And they fly around for a little while and are harassed by various um, inconveniences that France might have, like a barking dog, a car, or, I don't know, like an owl in a tree or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. They end up at Sophia's house. Sophia is a girl who has some parents who make toys. And they pretend to be toys in her toy shop. And that is how the sugar bunnies show up at Sophia's house and begin to bunny around. I don't fucking know. Um, and the, really, the arc of the first four or so episodes is the bunnies uh, meeting Sophia and helping Sophia with some small problems in her life, like one of her friends is moving away. So they start solving problems the way that only bunnies can, which is making candy that is apparently so insanely good that it, like overcomes, you know, gaping flaws in personality or character. So Sophia is, like, unable to confront her friend who has ignored her and not told her that she's moving away forever. And by eating one cookie, she immediately gains the courage to uh, call out her friend and say, yo, what's up? Why aren't you, why are you ditching me? Like, what's going on here? And then the sugar bunnies eat some more cookies. I mean, make more cookies, and Sophia gives them to her friend, and they eat them, and that reestablishes their undying love for each other and eternal friendship and even uh, thousands of leagues cannot separate their hearts um after that the bunnies uh fuck around for a while uh you meet various other characters in the world you meet sophia's rich ass asshole friend uh whose name is the um uh, what is her name Der mm. Uh-oh. Uh, one second. Her name is Francois Dupont. She is a member of the Dupont family, who if you're in America, you know that the Duponts are uh, very famous evil people who dump a bunch of uh, cancer-causing chemicals in Delaware. There may or may not be a relation. I choose to believe there is a relation because Francois Dupont is a rich, uh, spoiled brat who mainly rides in a car and turns up her nose at Sophia's various other friends. Among those friends are also uh, Maroon, my favorite character. Maroon is a big fat guy who can't fit inside of a bus, and mainly he gets tired from walking or moving at all. And he is the one who's most knowledgeable about the world of fine pastry cooking, and he introduces the rest of the cast to it, sort of. Uh, after that is Sophia's other friend, uh, Pierre who works at a restaurant that is run by his family. Pierre kind of sucks at making pastries, but he is motivated through various events in the show to be better at that shit. It's lightly implied that Francois has a bit of a crush on Pierre, but nothing ever comes to that because this is a story about little baby wavy bunnies making cookies. Um, those are the main characters, obviously. The, I think the families of most of these characters also play a small role. Sophia's parents are a little uh, show up a bit. Pierre's parents have some important uh, implications here and there. Um, Maroon's parents show up in the last couple episodes, and they have a major role, which I will talk about later. And the only other characters are some small side characters. There is 
Sophia's friend who moved away, uh, whose name I don't remember and I don't really care because it's not that important. And then there's Sophia's other friend who wants to be a ballet dancer and she eats a cookie that inspires her to continue doing ballet because she had some mild uh, reservations about it until she ate a cookie and had her life changed. Um, let me think if there's anything else important about this first arc. The first arc is really just establishing all the characters. At the end of the first arc, uh, the bunnies reveal themselves to Sophia. She stops just picking up random cookies on the ground and assuming that they're magical and giving them to people to eat. And she realizes that instead that the cookies are coming from magic alien bunnies that are hiding in her house. And now she's talking to them by herself when the lights are off and her parents are hearing her talk to herself in the middle of the room at night. Uh, the second arc... Oh, the second arc is uh, more focused on... The bunnies learn. Uh, the bunnies and Sophia, uh, doing, learning more about the world of fine pastry cooking. Um, we maroon the big fat kid introduces the uh, idea of this uh, national like pastry contest, and the uh, Francois does a competition with all the main characters, comparing their pastry cooking skills. The bunnies are helping here and there, because. Why not? Anytime that there's a pastry being cooked, the bunnies just say, oh, this shit looks horrible. Let's do a better job. We'll make a good cookie. And everyone else is blown away by the fact that good cookies actually exist. Even though this is France, how the fuck do they not know that cookies are good? But whatever. Um, in the second arc, there's also some... Uh, uh, Francois' dog is occasionally coming in and attacking the bunnies because they look like little plushy dolls and wants to tear them apart and rip their legs off and eat them. But then it's realized that Francois just wanted Francois' dog just wanted like a new toy, so that's kind of the it all kind of resolves itself within that arc is uh, the bunnies meeting more of the wide world and coming out into uh, meeting the other characters and other stuff. In the second arc, there aren't that many other characters who know about the bunnies. It's mostly just Sophia hiding them from other people, and they mainly are staying out of sight. By the later arcs, the bunnies start like every main character knows that they're just alien bunnies running around. Uh, so in in the third arc. The bunnies, uh, the third arc is more about like training the training with Sophia and the crew to get ready again for this contest. The contest takes a while to happen, but it's again, it's more like a training montage. Every character is, is leveling up their pastry cooking skills. Most every episode is kind of about a different character getting good at pastry cooking. Uh, let's take a look at these various episodes. Thank you. Sophia is working on cooking macaroons. Uh, her mom is terrible at cooking donuts. Pierre is with his family. Maroon is a big fat guy who eats tons of food and uses that as his experience to like level up at cooking. Um, has this movie been going the entire time? Oh, I'm still going. Yeah, you can't stop me. Oh, where are we? We're in the third we? arc. We're in the third arc, episodes 10 okay. through 13. This is what I like to call the training arc of Sugar Bunnies. The training arc of Sugar Bunnies? Yeah, you can help. I'm glad you're back. You can help me uh, make some sense of this. This is the training arc of Sugar Bunnies. That everyone's getting ready for the big contest. Uh, Francois Dupont, the uh, evil chemical dumping uh, heiress, is also working on her pastry. She's trying to make like the greatest sweet fruit tart type pastry. And she's realizing that, uh, you know, you can't just do only sweet fruit tarts. You got to have some variety in there. And, yeah, uh, you have to like be able to cook more than one thing if you, you can't just you can't just add sugar to fruit and expect it to like blow everyone away. 
they have a little con they do a mini contest before the big contest where everyone compares their pastries and the dog is the judge essentially and is scarfing everyone's hard made hard made pastries except for the fruit tart and that is proof that francois has a lot of learning to do she can't just dump sugar like she dumps top toxic chemicals in the uh, rivers of delaware the real world might make less sense than the sugar bunny world maybe that makes perfect sense. I understand it. One thing in this third arc that I do think is important to mention is that we meet an important new character who his name is uh, Jean the Bigot. Isn't that his name? Something like that. I mean, that's pretty close. His name is Jean the Bigot, and he has sort of like a Chad chin. So I'm assuming he's like an asshole. He's it's hard to, to say Chad chin, though. He, he is a chin. <laughs> it's hard to say Chad chin because it's a tongue twister. Um, yeah. Jean the Bigot. <laughs> is a friend of Pierre's family who is like a renowned genius pastry chef of, in France or whatever. So he's the only person in the show who uh, seems to kind of know how to make things that the sugar bunnies don't shit all over and then say we could do a better job. I do kind of like him because his chin is very impressive. And also he's when, he's first, when he's first introduced, Sophia goes, that guy looks cool. <laughs> so he's my favorite character. He just soy faces. <laughs> Sophia's soy faces when Jean the Bigot shows up. Just meeting a man whose like head is a rectangle and face. Mostly chin, yeah. He's mostly chin. Like an actual Roblox character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so is we're that done Minecraft, with... Steve. <laughs> no, it's my Minecraft Amogus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that. Arc Arc Three is is complete with uh, the meeting of Jean the Bigot and so <laughs> Francois learning a new trick about making more than just fruit tarts. Uh, is guts from Berserk this episode and all the little fairies are following you around going hello. That's right. The fairies are the sugar bunnies. Um, Orc 4, let's see. Uh, Orc 4 is about joining and participating in the patisserie contest. But let me try that again. The patisserie so reading this contest. Somewhere? No, I, I'm, I'm hyperspeed scrubbing through the episodes that I remember what happens in them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so Orc 4... <laughs> They get inv they realize that they get invitations to be invited to the I guess it's an invite only patisserie contest. <laughs> and there's literally an entire episode where nothing happens except them going, Did a letter come saying I got in? And everyone says no until the end of the episode where they say yes. So that episode has like nothing in it. Uh there's a lot of fluff in this episode leading up to the I mean in this arc leading up to the actual contest, which is where all the, the high flying action and you know sak sakuga animation comes in. Um, yeah, so there's in the, after they get the invitations, it's just an entire episode of them getting to the contest, which is boring as shit. And then the contest actually happens. They meet Jean the Bigot, who is one of the, uh, uh, judges for the competition. And the rest of the arc is, uh, just everybody making their most amazing pastry. I think the goal of the pastry contest is you have to take, I mean, I don't really understand what this judging is, but I think the idea is that you have to make your most ambitious a pastry project which is based on like a dream of yours or something like that it's like very vague and it feels like every kind of like elementary school art competition that i ever entered when i was a kid it was like paint your dream paint the your ideal world like very big vague ideas that aren't very good but if you're this was... so allowed to have a dream <laughs> yeah right although in real world competitions the kids who always won were the ones who had like a really sad stop story so like this is this is my painting about my friend who drunk drove and drove into a tree and then he died uh, and that would always win all the competitions that I would do as a kid. So I think that it would be interesting if this followed more the real world, like pastry competitions. Like you made a cake that like got your dead friend's face on it. I think that would have been more interesting. Um, anyways, uh, the, the contest happens. Everyone's freaking out. Maroon is going to like sweat his ass off. He's like farting and shitting during the contest. 
Uh, Muriel, who is the friend of Sophia who moved away, also wants to be in the contest. She like makes a birdcage because she's trapped in a cage of emotion being moved far away from her friends and isolated. So I guess that's why she makes a birdcage. Uh, Pierre makes a bike because he's a fucking idiot. Um, I don't remember what Francois makes. Francois makes... Uh, what's hers? It just like it sucks. Francois sucks. Who cares what it is? Let's see. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look at it. I think it's just like another. She made another fucking like horrible fruit tart because she doesn't learn. She just like does does doesn't know how to do any of this fucking shit. Anyways, the only person who gets anywhere in this contest is Sophia, uh, who just makes a kick-ass cake or some shit that's like got all of her little buddies on it. It's like a bunch of cakes with like some flowers popping off of it, and it looks like a five-year-old's doodle of what a cake would look like, but apparently she did such a good job that she gets to the second round of the competition. Final did the round... sugar bunnies help her? No, they, well, I mean, they help her prepare, but they don't... Pre you're now... That would be outside interference. That this It's kind of like cheating, though. Like, she has, like, five, like the greatest chefs... I mean, is it of, cheating like, to have a good trainer? Is it, is it cheating to have a good trainer? She's not, like, doping before the contest. I mean, I guess it could be counted as doping to have a sugar bunny make you the greatest treat in the world. And then you have a taste for what it tastes like, I guess. But I don't think it's cheating. It is kind of like being handed a piece of, like, a divine knowledge. I guess, but you can't reproduce it because you don't have the skill. <laughs> she, it's more like she's been given inspiration, divine inspiration, but now she has to do something with it. I mean, it probably is cheating to some degree. It's like when One Punch wow. Man enters the tournament and they're just, like, right. normal guys. Right. But this is a competition to see who can make the best pastries. It's not like a... Uh, elementary school, uh, you know, decathlon, and and like you have like uh, your dad is like the number one Olympic runner or something, and he's training you from the day you learn to walk. I mean, that's just kind of unfair. But this is more like a, a test of your creativity and skill. That you know, if you get inspiration, then good for you. They don't give a shit where you come from or whatever your background is. This is just to see who's the best cake maker. Yeah, I guess if uh, my son in like third grade had like an art competition. And I'm like Da Vinci, and I teach him how to like win the contest. I feel like yeah. it's a little, little shitty. Yeah, but this is a national competition. This isn't like grade school level. They are actually said it's. They say it in the during the contest that they're impressed that Sophia manages to get to the finals because she's like the youngest kid ever to get in, and she's like competing with older kids. So I think it's fair. I think it's. I don't think she's cheating to be really good at making pastries. Well, nepotism is <laughs> nepotism just means you have cooler parents than everyone else. So. so in your ideal world, you would bring down the quality of pastries just so that every kid has the same opportunities. Wow. Just destiny to bidding sugar bunny. Wow. So you want so what you're saying is you want to eat shittier cookies because you don't want to have the kids who have better training and more life experience to be in the same competition. Epic wow. bouch moment. <laughs> you know, someone hand me my nuggies because I'm about to destroy this debate. Yeah, where's my vape then? Crackhead Dia to bring me nuggies while Infrared screams at me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sophia does not win, obviously, uh, because this is only arc four. We haven't reached the pinnacle of her talent and skill yet. Uh, the real winner is some dickhead that we meet earlier whose name I can't remember. What's the fucking guy's name? He's like, he's like, he's another child prodigy who, in your eyes, would be a cheater because he's just better at baking than other kids. That's not what I said. <laughs> And it's not the same. He's not just better. Like, Sophia literally has God help her. It's not fair. Yeah, but the gods aren't teaching her what to do. They just made her a really good cookie. I mean, Sophia is like 180 IQ normally, but it's not helped by the fact she's been hanging around the sugar bunnies. 
it's not it's not helping other people who are competing against her sure you you just don't make a very good case what do you mean what better case could i make than i want the best cookie maker to make the best cookies all right his name is emile pompion you sound like a real capitalist right now i'm like we should have equal stuff it should be give everyone a chance you know let's not do Let's not cheat. Let's just everyone do their best. And Socialism is when the cookies are bad. <laughs> I want to give everyone a participation medal. And no, oh, the cookies want to give everyone bad. a participation. You want everyone to get a participation cookie. Is what you're I saying. do. If the uh -huh. cookies are ten percent less bad, but everyone feels better, I think we should do that. Wow. So, and you're you're so you're actually bringing down the the level of quality just so that the shitty cookie makers feel a little bit better. Literally, yes. Wow, can't believe that you're saying this right now. Yes, also, the sugar bunnies have direct democracy, and you see the benefits of it. That's the Sophia sugar bunnies has. have a monarchy. No, that's not true. It's, it's like social. The sugar monarchy. bunnies are emissaries from a monarchist country. That's not what matters in <laughs> dialectical materialism is the dialectical relationship between content and form, and the content uh -huh. <laughs> and form is the relationship between the people and the means of production. And through their organization, it's uh -huh. dialectically the same as communism. It meets the minimum requirements. They just so happen to have a figure that they value. Mm, but who are the beneficiaries of the value created by that production? It's the queens. It's the monarchs at the top of this uh, work relationship who have directed the bunnies to do their labor. Okay, well, how how does each bunny get assigned their job? Or are they just like, born out of like whatever sugar spice and everything nice and they you know, like inherently I'm sure have the green jobs. bunny makes gelato that's how i'm pretty sure the green okay bunny but how did he learn to make gelato or decide he wants to make gelato he didn't learn he was born green okay so he do you want to bring race into this <laughs> he's a bunny that's his racist bunny <laughs> yes but what about the tandem <laughs> he's also a bunny the bunnies don't see color I see, yeah, they I see, do. They I see, have I see to. Color. They no, have I see to see color because green. they make pastries in different colors. Oh, I guess they're... Well, maybe they're just... Uh, maybe they're just born with it. Okay, I they, so... I think they choose think by divine right. The divine workers... Will. <laughs> I think divine will directs the, bun the bunnies. The, the workers' the job and skills are intrinsically tied to their ethnicity and bunny builder wear. Uh, well, I didn't make the bunnies. That's the way... It's, it's not my fault. That's how the bunnies are built. They just built them that way. It's either that or the queen just makes them do whether or not they want to be baker baker bunnies or patisserie bunnies. The queen see that oh you're green you're gonna be the gelato bunny like tough shit you know green bunny. I would bet like twenty dollars that you have the most in depth plot analysis of sugar bunnies. I think I actually have to fly out to Sanrio Company and meet with like one of their representatives to talk about this because this seems really important and they haven't hammered out the details. This is an episode that's going to be up for like a week and I'm going to take it down. No, what? This is the best shit I've ever said in my life. Okay. Did you know that when Sanrio Company had their uh, their uh, racist uh, characters get revealed, they had to meet with a, a U.S. Congress and uh, apologize? Did they really? I don't know, but I heard someone say that, so I'm going to look it up right now. If you want to continue the recap, you can do that. I'm going to read Where did you hear? Did you watch like a video essay on racist Sanrio? I was having my brain melted out by sugar bunnies while I was half reading articles about the Sanrio controversy. I'm tired of the woke left canceling Sanrio. 
I agree. <laughs> oh, it's okay for Mr. Popo. It's okay for Jinx, but not okay for Sanrio. Yeah, everyone loved Mr. Popo. And I'm sick of this. Think of the children bullshit when you don't care about the people right here, mm-hmm. right now, the working class of America. Bodies. I can't Sugar believe you're a life. eugenicist for Sugar Bunny. I'm not there. You're simultaneously woke. Maybe that's why Sugar Bunny's got discontinued. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, they realize that there's a, it's fundamentally amoral, even if the bunnies provo- uh, promote an idealistic message. It's fundamentally amoral if the system of governance is monarchy. I think a certain ska band has to chime in with their voice on this opinion. Who, Leftover Crack? No fucking real big fish, right? Didn't they do the George Floyd song? No, that was Mighty Mighty Boston. Please get it oh. right. Oh my fucking god. Oh I'm my sorry. fucking god. <laughs> That's like I just called you Italian just now. Yeah, please. What are you doing? I'm not fucking Italian. <laughs> real big fish. At least I didn't say like less than Jake or something. Like I called them real I called them a good scobin. Okay, wait, hold on, I found it. Sanrio executives met with members of the Congressional Black Caucus in November of that year to propose a $257,000 toy distribution to poor children in San Francisco. That, uh, that just seems like some weird shit. As an apology for selling controversial Sambo and Hannah toys. It sounds like a fucking South Park plot. Um, well, anyway, I don't know what point I was trying to make about that, but I think we all learned a little bit of something about San when, What year was that? This was in... I don't know... I don't know. When the fuck did this happen? I mean, it's good. They actually just like owned them to that shit so long ago. <laughs> I think it no happened in 1988. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's good they just owned up to it. I mean, and then I was born. And then I was born. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I think I actually came out right after this happened. So this is kind of like one of my defining childhood moments. Wow. It is kind of amazing. You don't hear. I mean, if this really happened in 1988, it's pretty amazing that Sanrio Company met with like, uh, <laughs> oh my god, met with like some U.S. you know representatives or some shit. Good on them. Good for them. I would love to hear the context behind that story. Sounds very funny. I don't think there's any kind of. I don't think there's anything productive that can come of this. What do you mean? All right, back to episode uh, arc five of Sugar Bunnies. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean, like, why are they apologizing to, like, I, it had to be, like, a big business deal or something. I don't know. They probably had some store in California or something. I guess I'm just, like, 1988 feels, like, so long ago for, like, a Japanese company to be well, brought they over went here. Broke and they, then they went broke, obviously, from what we've all seen. All right, so in arc number five of Sugar Bunnies. Um, let's see. Arc number five of Sugar Bunnies is when the real drama starts to happen. Uh, the Sugar Bunnies realize that that spoon that I had talked about had gotten lost. Uh, it's a stupid fucking magic spoon. And the Sugar Bunnies realize that the queens are going to be coming to visit. And they are extremely worried that they don't have the, uh, answer to the question that sent them to Earth in the first place. Which is, what's the most important thing to the bunnies? I don't fucking know. They... They've the queens gave them this vague question, and the bunnies don't know what the answer is. And then they also realize that they don't have their magic spoons that the queens gave them. So they flip out and they start tearing apart Sophia's house looking for the spoons. And 
this leads to them kind of having like a falling out. All the pairs of twins start to fight with each other, and they kick each other's asses. They go, "No, you're a fucking asshole. You lost a spoon." And then the other, then green green gelato bunny goes, "No, you're a fucking asshole, panda bunny. I can't believe you fucking do this. You broke the spoon. I, I bet you shoved it up, you know, wherever." And then uh, the polka dot Dalmatian bunny is like, "Oh no, you ate the spoon. I bet you idiot." Uh, anyway, this episode of <laughs> yeah, this this arc of sugar bunnies got dark. Um, all the bunnies break off into various pairs because the twins the twins don't hate each other. Each individual pair of twins doesn't hate each other, but all the twins hate the other pairs of twins. And they go on a like Paris, a France wide tour to go search for the, the spoons. Uh, through the course of that, they meet various. Uh, this is like the parents arc kind of of the sugar bunnies. They mostly meet the parents of other characters. And then they like learn how to make actual pastries instead of learning from like eight year olds who don't know how to cook. Um, who do we meet? We meet Pierre's parents. They talk about like cooking. They meet. Sophia hangs out with him and eats cookies and chocolate. They talk to the butler. Sophia, I mean, uh, Francois's butler. He has some, like, sage advice. Who the fuck knows what's going on with them? This arc is kind of a downer. It's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of uh, Sugar Bunny's arcs, because it doesn't really end... This is end kind of like the last Jedi of Sugar Bunnies. Yeah, so it, the bunnies don't really resolve their issues, and it's kind of like all the bunnies have... The, the ring has been broken. The Fellowship of Bunnies is broken. And <laughs> we're, we're left on a cliffhanger until the next arc resolves itself. Um. So we'll just move on directly on to that because it's this is kind of like the red wedding of sugar bunnies. It is kind of you never expect them to go this hard. The bunny, like the bunny, actually said like ah, at another bunny, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he'd say that ah, at the other bunny." So where's the the arc? Arc three was the people training arc. This is kind of like the bunny training arc, and then it it kind of culminates in arc six, where the bunnies kind of like you know reap the reap the the benefits of all of their training and stuff. Um, Arc Six also a series, has a serious video essay on this would be very funny. I'm doing my best. <laughs> it's like a super serious, like narrative retelling of this. Yes, Arc Six is when the bunnies start to resolve their issues, and it's also the episode where the bunnies have a lemon party with Maroon's parents. Uh, I kind of couldn't believe what I was seeing when they said, "Let's have a lemon party." Um, I don't know if that's the direct translation in Japanese or not, but. It was very eye-catching to me. Um, yeah, Maroon's dad is a glassmaker. His mom is just some fat lady who wants Maroon to eat a lot of food. Hey, come on. <laughs> okay, she's a larger-than-skinny lady. No, that's not true. Because what's larger-than-skinny is just average, right? So Larger-than-average. <laughs> she's larger-than-average. Well, you could be chubby and not necessarily... I think your body is shaming. <laughs> Take a look at Maroon's mom and tell me how to feel. How about she's, you send the screenshot? She's wide, is all I'm gonna say. Just refresh my memory of this queen. Of, 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 of this of this slightly larger than skinny uh mom. Let's take a look at uh, oh, even the bunnies say it. They complain that they're going to get fat hanging out. Maroon. No, they literally no. say it. <laughs> I, well, we talked about the controversial history of San Reno. They didn't. They, well, they didn't apologize to the Congressional Fat Caucus. They apologized to some other people. No, I need to see the screenshot. OK, take a look at the, the bunnies yelling that the mom is going to make them fat. No, show the mom. I don't need to see hate comments. <laughs> 
okay. Well, here we go. Let me let me find this picture here. I'm not even being disingenuous. How do I know she's? Uh, I don't remember that episode. You are the one who wanted to watch this and said you had a good time. Yeah, I loved it. This is a great anime. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. I literally enjoyed every second of this. Okay, let me get this on. They're, okay. They're so, from the food. The, the bunnies are in a vortex of horror with their eyes in pain wearing sumo's <laughs> traditional sumo garb, imagining themselves being overweight. Okay, this picture is funny because the bunnies are very unhappy to be eating food at this point. Hold on, hold on. Let me find this one. There it is. All right, take a look at this picture and tell me what you think about the mom. The mom is about the width of the table. Well, what didn't load for me for some reason? Continue oh, with your analysis. Bad. You can't see the picture. Mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do all love right, the so. face on all the sugar bunnies. <laughs> it's really unhappy that they have to eat food with this fat family. <laughs> Stop. What is wrong with you? What's wrong they're with them? They're forced They're not they're, a sad thing. I think they have like, they're like trying to inflate the bunnies. I want to know what's wrong with them. They want to inflate the bunnies for their lemon party. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being happy with how much you weigh okay there's nothing i think there's a lot wrong with making the bunnies into feeders for your lemon party I will if you want to if your large son wants to turn his sugar bunnies into larger sugar if your large your large clod son wants to be a feeder for bunnies and then hold a lemon party with them there's nothing wrong with that if your butter turn of a son wants, wants to turn your sugar bunnies into actual sumo wrestler sugar bunnies, it should if be your allowed. son who eats eats a stick of butter for breakfast wants to bring the bunnies over for a lemon party by force feeding them, then yeah, more power to him. They, they are literally kind of abusing them. They're abusing the bunnies. Yes, that's all there is to it. Because they're stuffed animals, they can't do anything. They don't want to eat that much. They're so little. They're like they eat like a grape. Yeah, their meal is like a grape or one cookie. The bunnies eat one cookie and they go, "I'm full. I eat too much." <laughs> the bunnies' diet is like one a mini donut and like a a tablespoon of milk, and they're like, "Oh, I'm." I'm the bunnies I'm, eat. I'm the eating. bunnies eat one macaroon and take a sip of espresso from the coffee yeah. bunnies and go. They say oh, I'm bloated. Feeling full. <laughs> I do think I it's funny that shoving full steaks down the throats of the bunnies. See, they're so tiny, the amount of food they make is, like, kind of colossal. Yes. And there's only, like, 14 of them, so, like, this proves more to the socialist argument. They have In endless food, and their job is something they also enjoy. I don't know if they... Uh, do the do the glass-blowing bunnies like making glass? I don't know. <laughs> the only you're one just, I have ethical concerns... Bunnies, you're talking about the bunnies who have the good, cushy jobs. Of course they like those jobs. The what only one the that is questionable is the flower picking bunny. What about you? Don't ask about the bunny janitors. What do the what do the bunny janitors do? Who's going to be a bunny janitor in socialist bunnytopia? Hmm. Hmm. Socialist bunnytopia. Yeah. Well, my anyway. my that we went over that tweet one time where it's like, "What's your job?" and it's like, "I want to be a sex therapist poet who gathers." Uh, coffee and the, like just like the most absurd shit. I want to read tarot cards. 
And the greatest one is there's just a guy that says, I want to work in a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, like, what else do you want to do? He's like, I just want to work in a coal mine. <laughs> I want to work in a coal mine and die at 30. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that the queen, the queens dictate the you know the jobs that these bunnies do. That's what I've been operating under that. I thought you said it was an ethnic thing. Well, the queens look at them and they go, mm, "Yeah, you'd probably be a good ice cream making bunny." I was telling though, who shall not be named, that oh, my biggest fear is we're gonna encounter aliens and they're just gonna be like sugar bunnies. Oh boy. And we're just gonna like wreck their shit. <laughs> we're just gonna like we'll make the bunnies we'll make the aliens fat from from eating too many steaks and cookies. Yeah, that's like the good timeline. We like introduce them to sweet tea and like <laughs> yeah, I fried think that's, that candy. Would, why has that not been a movie? Well, I mean there has been anime where that happens, but why has there not been like a movie where where that happens? Like aliens come down and we just like fuck them up with our like totally like hedonistic, like pig head like pig piggly ways. We're I feel like, like hi aliens, that... do you guys want to eat burgers? And then they go, We love burgers, and they start crashing their alien ships and stuff, and they can't pilot them anymore. I legit think that could be cute, like as a gag anime, like or say Yatsura, but like you introduce her to like funnel cake. Well, have you just ever becomes seen like a frog? No, is that an anime? Sergeant Frog is an anime. The premise is that they're alien frogs from outer space who come take over the planet. But uh, as soon as they land, the the main, like the guy who's going to be the vanguard of the force, who's like the sergeant, the, he's the, the Epinomius. Is that how you say it? He is the Sergeant Frog. No, he's the namesake. No. He, he is the Sergeant Frog. He comes down and is immediately like, enamored with Gundams and like Gunpla. So he, instead of doing his alien invasion, he just starts building models all day. And he, he loses all will to like fight and loses all will to like like take over the world. And he's just like, I just want to, I want to be like a neat who sits in my room and builds gunplot all day. It turns out that like that is the the pinnacle of satisfaction is building gunplot yeah, all day. The pinnacle of satisfaction for all beings is to make Gundam models all day and stay inside. <laughs> yeah, he's like Space Napoleon or Genghis Khan, and he's like, actually, I just want to be a neat. Yeah, uh, that is that is the plot of the show, <laughs> like for all intents and purposes. And then he meets. The rest of his uh, his sergeant frog squad, and they all have different stupid like hedonistic things that they like to do instead of conquering the world. The only reason why you couldn't do like the Ursa Yatsura eats funnel cake thing is because people it would just turn into a theater fetish like anime. Well, one of the frogs is horny for one of the girls that he meets, so he's I, the only one. Um... He's the only one who has any sense of like still staying like militaristic because he likes guns and shit and likes to shoot things. But he sees like one teenage girl and he goes. Dai! And I feel like can't fight anymore. you could basically see this in, like, like Twitter posts, because people already will, like, make a character, like, fat and put, like, a Trump hat on them on Twitter. Right. Like, so it's like, I feel like you could already find this in a way. Right. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> episode 20, uh, the last arc starts with the feeder lemon party. Uh, the bunnies learn. Uh, I have a question. Yes. What is Lemon Party? Okay, I've probably been saying it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I thought you knew what I was talking about. Lemon Party yeah. is a early OOs kind of meme, which was kind of like Goatsy. You know what Goatsy is, I'm assuming. No, I don't. You don't know what Goatsy is. Goatsy was a shock image where a man was spreading his butthole real wide, and it's like a giant hole in his ass, and you can see like into his butthole. And you'd send that to people because it was the early OOs. And the funniest thing that you could do that would be the most epic thing ever would be to make someone look at the goat seed picture. Don't you miss any humor? It was just like 
sending Look your friend a picture of a guy's penis or ass? Well, it's a really big gaping ass, so it's like better than a normal butt picture. Is it like a prolapsed? Anus? No, it's just like really. He's pulling it real wide, and it's real gaping. So you you like see into a person essentially from his butt. It, it, it's like bugs for your ears maxed out for his ass. <laughs> yeah, it's really you really can see in there. Um, so he that could, is like what, store a Pringles can in there. Literally, yeah, he could like suck okay. a Pringles can up. That's what is what it is. Like um, a bowling I, ball might come out. <laughs> if you let, yeah, if you gave him enough time, he could probably plop one out. Um, obviously, being a, a little bit older than you, I have been goateed many times in my life, so I have intimate knowledge of what is going on in that man's butthole. Well, uh, thanks for not sending me a picture of a man's gaping asshole. I, it was a different time. Okay. It, <laughs> it was, was definitely going to say. It, it was two thousand five. It was a different time. Yeah, um, Wall Street came out. We were sending people. Pictures I, mean, I, I never sent anyone to go see. It wasn't funny to me. I was just like, why are people sending me this? Stop sending me this guy's asshole. <laughs> Literally, yes. Stop showing me the butthole of a man who I don't know. I, I mean, find I it so funny that you're like, I trolled this guy by sending him a picture of a man's asshole. This I mean, that was the height of humor on the internet at that time. Anyway, that is along the lines of what Lemon Party is. Lemon Party was a video version of a goatsy type thing. It's a bunch of old men, old men fucking and like some like disco song is playing. So you're just watching old wrinkly men like ream each other's assholes, and that is what <laughs> that is what lemon party is. It was a famous meme. Why is it of... called lemon party? You tell me. I don't fucking know. Look it up. Do some lemon party research. I thought you were woke. No. What does that have to do with being woke? Why is that? Go broke. Why is it called lemon party? I love that there's entire YouTube channels that just just. For every random topic, just make a video with a double code frog for everything. Well, uh, I'm reading about Lemon Party, so you, you take the uh, lead on okay. these. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can figure out the name. So the question is, who assassinated Bob Marley? Coming right. off <laughs> Ford's presidency, following mm -hmm. the shocking scandal put forward by then-president turned scoundrel Nixon, tensions were hot between the coastal region and the United States. This is before Jimmy Carter came into power and the current liberal orthodoxy took over. As far as I can tell, I don't know what the origin of Lemon Party is. The name, at okay. least. I mean, I also don't know what the origin is because I don't know who the fucking guys are. They don't. There's nothing on who these who these old wrinkly guys boning are. I don't know. We also don't know who shot Bob Marley, or tried to shoot him. I don't well, even maybe think he was one of the men in the lemon party. I don't fucking know. Anyway, as soon as I saw that the bunnies were having a lemon party, I was like, "What the fuck? No, you can't do that. They're bunnies." Okay. Um, and I guess someone who was younger than me would not know what that reference is. So. Maybe I'm the only one, but it was made at it was made in 2007, so it was right around the time that someone might know what a lemon party is. Anyway, I'm sure someone did Happy Tree Friends with sugar bunnies. Sure, why not? Um, the bunnies go outside. They have a little adventure. Uh, after getting lemon party by Maroon and his family, they go on a picnic, and they all all the bunnies come back and kind of like make up and become friends again. And they have a little competition with Jean the Bigot, who has come out for a day on the town. And, like, most of the rest of this arc is, like, the bunnies reconnecting, reestablishing their bonds of eternal love and uh, brotherhood and companionship or whatever. And then the queens show up. And the queens are like, now, what did you guys learn? 
and the, the bunnies have no answers. They've been busy, too busy yelling at each other, London partying, freaking out, losing their spoons, kicking ass, uh, cheating with Sophia at the patisserie competition. So they, they've been like, you know, goofing off too much. And they don't actually, they haven't actually consult, you know, confronted this question of what the queens want them to do. I think so, what's funny is the bunnies are like kind of smart, but they're actually like ADIQ. Well, they are highly talented at their one skill, and I don't think they have much more than that. Like, if, if it's not about espresso and they're the coffee bunnies, they don't know anything else besides that. Yeah, they devolve into yelling in like five seconds. Yeah, they're highly trained and specialized at their one skill. And then if you have a confront, like confront them with any problem that isn't an espresso-related problem, they will like, kill each other just uh, in the process of trying to figure it out. Anyways, when the queens show up, and they essentially are trying to bullshit the queens because they, they don't have the answer and they don't have the spoons, so they bake them a bunch of like pastries and cakes and like have like a whole. I mean, they throw the queens a lemon party essentially. They like they pull out all the stops, make the biggest cake. They don't throw the queens a lemon party. I mean, there's some lemons involved. Uh, but they stop saying the bunnies are doing a lemon party. <laughs> so uh, the, the patisserie bunnies they make the best cake. The espresso bunnies they make the best coffee. I mean, they one holds the cup the best a, a cup has ever been held. Uh, the glass bunnies blow the best glass. Uh, you know, as a thankless job compared to the rest of the bunnies and the flower bunnies literally just go outside and pick some flowers and then they're done. And while everyone You've else really hard. come to sympathize with the glass blowing bunnies. Yeah, who who else will sympathize with the hardworking laborers that are the glass bunnies while everyone else is farting on their ass and the flower bunnies are just like picking up one flower and calling it a day. These are the downtrodden, underrepresented glass blowing bunnies. The artisan bourgeoisie. And... Exactly. <laughs> and then the, the proletariat glass blowing bunnies. What is the new the new term people say? You tell me. I forgot. There's like a new term. Well, the queens it's, are PMC bunnies. There, yeah, PMC is like for office workers or whatever. I, what does yeah. PMC even mean again? Professional managerial class. So I, okay, their job is to tell the workers what to do, essentially, and they side with the owners. Like a supervisor. Yeah, it's the foreman or the supervisor or the person who is working in the factory but is not actually doing the labor and is on the side of the owner if there's any sort of labor dispute. It, but in an office setting, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that this is the modern version of that. It's like it's HR. Like, sure. Yeah. HR. It's like bureaucrats. Yeah. It's, it, those are all part of the, what would be the modern day PMC. Those are the modern versions of those. Okay. I was like, is Craig from Subway PMC? Because some 16 year olds, uh, like, has uh, a ship supervisor at Starbucks. Is he PMC? Craig from Subway? Yeah. Like a ship supervisor? Oh, I thought you meant the guy who lost all the weight and had all the porn and stuff. Oh, Jared Fogel, the notorious yeah, pedophile? That's, that's who I thought you were referring to. I was like, I don't think his name is Craig. <laughs> oh, notorious convicted pedophile, Jared Fogel? Oh, no, I didn't mean him. I meant the other guy from, the other famous guy from Subway, Craig. <laughs> wow, guys, I love eating at Subway. I, ho I sure hope they don't hire someone and he turns out to be a pedophile. Well, Craig, I don't know about Craig. He, uh, Craig is kind of sus. Is that guy out of jail yet? He went to jail like 15 years ago. I'm too busy talking about bunnies. You look up Craig's whereabouts and I'll finish the episode. We are the only anti-pedophile anime podcast that talks about sugar bunnies. And like <laughs> Anyways, the queens are are laughing. They're kind of like, you know, Movie? behind their hand laughing at yes. I I'm just letting you know, if you don't see this posted anywhere, it's not because I took it down, it's because it did not pass. Uh, this episode? <laughs> 
Yeah, censorship anymore. This episode's going to be good. I don't know what you're talking about. No, the uh, episode is good. It's just not going to... I can't post it on YouTube anyway. You said too many bad words about the subway guy. I was trying not to say them, and you just came out and said them. So that's I, you have yourself to blame. I think me asking you to explain them and partying guilty was probably... I mean, how else can you talk about memes from 2000, 2000 if I'm not going to mention Lemon Party? And I just finished the ARC analysis. <laughs> yeah. ARC analysis of ARC 6 of Sugar Bunnies. Uh, while the bunnies are running around bullshitting the queens, trying to pretend that they learned something important, and they don't think that they learned anything important because they're 80, 80 IQ, like you said, uh, they are exhibiting all of the uh, uh, teamwork and unity that the queens obviously had intended from the start for them to learn. Uh, so they're laughing behind their hands. They're going, dumb fucking sugar bunnies don't realize they learned a lesson. And then the sugar bunnies come out and go, okay, time for the lemon party. Everyone eat the cake and eat the cookies, la, la, la. And then the sugar bunny queens go, all right, now you've dilly-dallied long enough. Give me your answer. Have you learned anything? And they come clean. They go, no, we didn't actually learn anything. We're stupid assholes. We didn't do our assignment. Uh, you can slap us in chains and manacles because you're a monarch and we're the powerless workers um, in this relationship. You have all the power in the relationship. So do what you must to us. We submit ourselves to the mercy of the throne. And then the, I like you can't just impose your own analysis of their political system. They called them the queens. Plot. There's no other analysis to be made. That's they, not true. It's not they that are queens, simple. and all the implications that come with a monarchy come along with it. That it's just that simple. Okay. When a rose Twitter person says "slay queen," are they referring to that person as an actual monarch or someone yeah, that they have in have high to regard? Slay queen. <laughs> People did to say that at a point. <laughs> I'm canceling anyone who uses. Do you remember that? <laughs> that it was a... prob it's problematic, folks. Don't say folks. Oh right, I forgot. Sorry. Anyway, sorry y'all. <laughs> sorry y'all. I didn't mean folks. to say that. Sorry um, y'all, folks. The queens uh, go tee hee hee. You did actually learn something, you stupid ass bunnies. You didn't realize it, but you did learn the power of friendship and unity and togetherness and working together. And even though one of you is working much harder than the other ones and one of you is picking flowers in the field and doing literally no work, you all learned the valuable lesson and the you know value of teamwork and shape. Um, and then they go, do you have the spoons? And the Bionis go, oh yeah, also we don't have the spoons. You can uh, guillotine us now. It's our fault. We all lost the spoons. There and then, right before the, right before the bunny queens pull the lever on the guillotine to chop all the bunnies' heads off at the same time, the mom, Sophia's fucking mom, goes, oh, you wanted the spoons? I have them right here. The mom had been drawing a children's illustration book, and she was using the little baby magical spoons as references and didn't realize that they belonged to the bunnies, and she had them hidden in, like, a little dollhouse. And it goes, here they are. Uh, I'm here to save the day and keep you bunnies from getting murdered by the queen. Um, and they do. And everyone laughs and goes, tee hee 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 And then the queens go, now for your final lesson, uh, stick out your hand. They're going to chop their hands off for stealing. Uh, but that doesn't actually happen. Um, they go lean and look into the spoons. And all the bunnies look into the spoons at the same time. And they realize that all of their little bunny faces are reflected in one big circle, joining all of their heads in the spoon, which is a metaphor for their unity and the eventual uh, communist uprising that they will use uh, to tear down the bunny tyranny of the queen and the monarchy. Soon those bunnies' heads will be on pikes. The, the bunny queen's heads will be on pikes. They were already living in actually existing socialism all along because the queens... I, I don't know. <laughs> the queens are, already, are about to experience some Romanov-style uh, retribution from these worker bunnies, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're going to kill their like five-year-old daughters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're two queen bunnies. I don't know how that's going to happen, but whatever. 
uh, episode essentially is now about to end. The last bit of it is that the bunnies say goodbye to the queens and they go, we'll see you soon back in Bunnyland. And the rest of the cast has to come to the harsh reality that the bunnies are now done with their fact-finding mission on Earth. And because they have no power in this relationship, they are beholden to the queens and must return to Bunny Field Lane at their behest. Uh, so they throw one last big bunny party Everyone eats fucking cake and gets gorged. Uh, Morgan or whatever, Maroon eats so much fucking food that he like plops over and like falls down. Um, yeah, a great time is had by all. And then the bunnies go back to Bunnyland and live the, live out the rest of their failed miserable bunny lives while the glass blowing bunnies die in early death and the flower bunnies uh, eventually become PMCs and the rest of the middle class uh, proletariat bunnies just live out their daily lives and whatever. Uh, a they, recent folk singer wrote a song. Oh, that is a poignant commentary on, on the state on of America. Oh, and it's America. called Northmen, North of Richmond. Right? Northmen, like... North North of Richmond? Did you hear that one yet? North, Northmen, North of Richmond. It's like the gender guy. That's like an in, like a right-wing industry plan or some shit. Oh, the guy who's got the, he's like doing a soy face and he's like big, like crusty beard is like in the picture. Oh, I, it's not crusty. It looks crusty. Okay. He looks like he just came from a lemon party. He says in that song that there's people on welfare that are 5'4 and like 450 pounds eating fudge rounds. Yes. Now Is we know who he's talking about. Is he ta- he's talking about Maroon, the Frenchman. <laughs> turns out he was right. And, and all the leftists was... that were mad were wrong. It turns out he watched way too much Sugar Bunnies and has a deformed view of... Uh, of 2007 France or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's now been a year since the bunnies have gone back to Bunnyland. The uh, revolution is over. The queen's heads are on pikes. It's been a bloody. It's been a bloody year, all told. And then finally, a letter from dispatch reaches the bunnies, and it is the. Um, it's a letter from Sophia, who is still thinking of the bunnies and the mark that they left on her. She is now trying to do a revolution in France. This is actually the origin of the French Revolution, is we realize this has all been part of, you know, they, they pull back the curtain and realize this is actually 1800s France, and these guys all became revolutionaries in the year since. Um, no, but really, what really happens is uh, Sophia sends a illustration book that her mom and dad made, and it's a little baby book for little ass babies, and it's the story of some little baby funny bunny bunnies. And then they show it to the queens who are still alive, sadly, and then they all go, it's so great to be a bunny, la la la. And then this episode's over. Um, that's it. That's all. Uh, that's all Sugar Bunnies. Now, if, I, if, the show, if the show was the way that I had said it was, that would have been a much better show. Uh, but it is not, sadly. I was just making that stuff up because I had nothing better to do while I was tearing my eyeballs out uh, watching Sugar Bunnies. What would you rate Sugar Bunnies? I would rate Sugar Bunnies... What did I rate Eleven Eyes? Three? I don't even know. You should, I told you to keep track of this shit. You told me? I didn't do it. Why would I do that? I told you, like, start my anime. Let's see. You know what? We'll get like, we'll get a loyal fan base who will do the tracking for us. <laughs> There's one person that will do this. Please let us know. Please! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, our, all of our one fan, please do the wiki for us. We have more than one fan. Stop. All of your one fan. Uh, please I have more do than all one of... fan. I think the rest and of the fans are mine. Your, it's your podcast. No, oh, I'm okay, I have one. <laughs> Out of like the out of the like twenty consistent listeners and the like sixty new people every episode, it's like 
Yeah, I have one in 19. Or like, God, this movie guy is awesome. <laughs> He's crying and pissing himself about lemon parties that the bunnies are doing. I yeah, want more I will of say, I'm getting, I'm like, I'm, I'm just like laughing and like writing bad questions this episode and getting up and getting dinner and you're, you're trying. So I'm really trying. So someone better like this, and they yeah, better write a race. You're the racist person, though. You're like, what are you talking about? You think their jobs are like genetically coded? I'm saying that the queens are imposing. The queens are creating racial difference where there is none. I'm saying that you can have a queen and still do socialism, okay? All right, yeah, it's queen. Um, see? The, see? the bunnies, uh, I rate this 2 out of 10. Uh, whatever I rated 11 eyes is one lower than that. I, I, <laughs> I had a worse time. I had a worse time than 11 eyes. I, I, watched would rate this, this. I watched this on faster speed and had a worse time. <laughs> I would rate this anime an 8 out of 10. That's pretty the good. voice acting and everything is perfect. It's the perfect cozy anime. Uh, I, I didn't hear the voice it acting because it was at like two two times speed, so I didn't know what the voice acting was. And I would recommend it to anyone that wants to watch a well crafted show that doesn't impose anything on the viewer. Oh, actually, I do have. I have a second. I have a secondary rating. Uh, it's a it's a two out of ten for normal adult humans. It's a nine out of ten for pre verbal. Uh, humans. So it, I would highly recommend it if you don't speak a language yet. <laughs> Recommended ages like zero to three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're pre-verbal, this will be your favorite show. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> for the recommendation, but please, please watch Sugar Bunnies. Please. I'm a big fan. By the way, I like how you changed that after I rated it an eight out of ten. Uh, it gets better the less you know how to speak any languages. I think this is better than Attack on Titan season one. Uh, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't, I don't like that. So good. Yeah. Why not? Do you agree with me? Um, I think they have kind of similar politics. It's not as good as Full Metal Alchemist. That's true. But it's it not is better than like Sword Art Online. No, come on, Sword Art Online. I think I rated also a three. All right, let's spin this wheel. Okay. Wait. Didn't you have lore for me? Where's the lore? Oh boy. There's lore. I have some lore for you. Yes, read me the lore, please. The Sugar Bunny is a group of 18 bunnies divided into nine pairs. In this, in this show, we only have 14 bunnies, by the way. In 2004, as Kura Usa and Shira Usa specializing in pastries. Due to their popularity, Sanrio expanded the franchise with new pairs, each specializing in skill of their own. There's a 2007 anime with three seasons, where seven pairs of sugar bunnies are transported to the human world and meet Sophia, a pastry chef. This was because we didn't. I didn't plan on doing a flat rate yet. Oh, I see. I There's know also a manga that. called Together Sugar Bunnies. Well, did you think Kura you might meet And Shira Usa have the most popular. And Usa and Momo Usa are florists. Oh, those are the ones I hate. Usa. And Minta Usa make ice cream and oh, gelato. Those ones I like. I like those ones. Al Mimi USA and Al Usa. I said USA. <laughs> make hard candy and drinking glasses. Those and ones are the hard ones. With various specialties. If you worked with the Sugar Bunnies <laughs> at a Sugar Bunny cafe, what would your ideal job be? Uh, what kind of Sugar Bunny would I be at the Sugar Bunny cafe? I guess like what your job is. Like, yeah. Uh, I would like to be... You have to work in pairs, so you can't say, like, make a cake. You have to be, like, half of the cake maker. I have to be half the cake-making bunny pair. Yeah. I, I have a twin, though. I, I get a twin of me. I, I Yeah, it's, like, girl movie, I guess. Are they? Is there a male and female bunny, or are they, are they genderless bunnies? 
They all have genders. They do? Yeah. I guess I didn't check when I was watching the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to like, notice in first. They are Widow Bunnies. Um, yeah, I, Widow would, Bunny. I think... Hmm. I think I'd be the union advocate bunny. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Teamster bunny. Teamster bunny. Stop. Stop. I'm shutting down this cafe. Okay. Wait, this episode. I feel like people won't be able to tell what we actually think this episode. This is a good. That's a good episode. It's like art. Uh, the the mystery is part of the uh the, the appeal. Yeah. So I'm Teamster bunny. What kind of bunny would you be? Yeah, you're owning the chads. I'm, I'm hanging out with Jimmy Hoffa Bunny. I'm owning the chads and watching uh, Jimmy Dore. <laughs> I'm getting buried um, in, the, in a. I'm get, being buried in a shallow grave by the Mafia Bunnies. Holy shit! <laughs> this episode of Sugar Bunny Socialist Advocate got dark. What kind of bunny uh, would you be? Come on. I would uh, be the one that holds the cup to make coffee. <laughs> that was my answer. You'd be the bunny who just has hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm the bunny that hangs out. Made school? I I think my name would be Hoppa Usa. <laughs> what, what dish or drink would be your specialty? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be I'd be uh, baguettes would be my specialty. Mine would be holding a cup. <laughs> Hot hot chocolate. If if I had to pick one, uh, I, no. Uh, uh, the flesh of the rich would be my specialty. Would your sugar bunny I would be name be? eating the rich. Uh, I would be the bunny that eats the rich. So I would okay. be. I specialize at cooking the flesh of the rich. Mario Gucci tax the rich drip. Yeah, I, I'd be the I'd be the tax the rich bunny, and it'd be, it would be like big big letters right across my butt. I forgot uh, that was real. That was that was crazy. And I had a big drippy jacket that said "Eat the rich bunnies." W, I guess I don't know. Go on, uh, my my sugar bunny name would be Hafa Usa. I I don't even get this reference. Am I supposed to know? This? You know who Jimmy Hoffa is? No, he was a very famous uh, union leader guy. He li- he led the Teamsters, and he got uh, mysteriously disappeared in the seventies. Seriously. Did- did he just go missing, or did he get, like, body I mean, it seems pretty likely that someone murdered him because he had been bothering people with his union uh, uh, advocacy and whatever. He was also super, super, super crooked, uh, as far as I understand. But whatever. Who the fuck cares? No, everyone's going to call me out for my Jimmy Hoffa inaccuracy, but my understanding... Yeah, everyone that listens mad at me. to my anime show... You can't get mad at me for being wrong, uh, but here's my understanding, is that uh, he was a teamster... <laughs> I think you know more about history than like the people that watch me go. You just epic. Okay, my, my best understanding of Jimmy Hoffa is that he was the president of the Teamsters uh, until he got he got jailed for conspiracy and fraud in the '60s, and then he disappeared in the '70s. And to me, it seems like he probably got disappeared, uh, not by his own hand. Okay. Uh, so that would be my name. It would be Hoffa Usa. Okay. I feel like this episode, we're just like, let's just make a thousand political references for no reason and well, disingenuously. You, you started it. You started it with the Lemon Party, Tea, tea of Lemon Party. It was kill, kill all the whales. Uh, it was it's supposed to be a very dry joke, but I came into the podcast dying laughing and fucking around. 
Also, I I read that whole thing. That was a long thing I read. So I get to make all those socialist references. <laughs> to be now. fair, I make you read way more than <laughs> that. shit was crazy long that you made me read. So and it didn't make any fucking sense. It was just some weird old guy who like thinks that they, you can drink the lemonade ocean. I think you have to read more theory to really understand. Well, to be honest, to be fair, it was very metamorphic. So my brain wasn't big enough to understand the metamorph. <laughs> metamorphic. <laughs> Oh, what would your sugar bunny name be? I already said it. What would your sugar bunny name be? Uh, what do you think my sugar bunny Your sugar bunny name would be Waffy Usa. Waffy Usa. Little Waffy Usa. Where's my cookies? Whittle Waffy Usa. <laughs> yeah, maybe Whittle is part of it. Let's spin the wheel. Alright, let's spin the wheel and get the fuck out of here. Well, with that attitude, okay. Well, with that, with that attitude, attitude, I'm calling my teamsters to to help me finish this episode. Oh man, I think this was a great episode. We really turned it around in the second half. Yeah, I think we did really good. Yep. This has to be our worst episode, right? No, we've done worse. Have we really? I think the Aka 13 episode was horrible. <laughs> okay, I feel like this is like the worst thing on earth. But... No, this is better than Aka 13 episode. I'm open-minded. Do you okay. see the wheel? Uh, I'm watching the wheel with bated breath. Whee! Spin the wheel! <sighs> okay, here we go. What the heck is that? Else. We have landed on X, folks. Okay. So Would you like to watch X? I do, but I'm going to show you, and you can let me know if you want to. Oh, Mysterious Girlfriend X. This looks no. good. Oh, no, it's not. It, does, it like doesn't even come up. Like, <laughs> X. If, if you type in 1999, don't forget. X? So, there's a movie. Yes. It's like 24 episodes, but it's like terrible. Uh-huh. But I kind of wanted to watch it because it's terrible, so... Okay. Uh, you could watch this terrible anime made by a bunch of, like, women. Uh-huh. Or we, we could just ruin the show. Like, I 12 mean, weeks in. It's been... I don't think I we should even try and, like, risk watching another Punishment Wheel show. So let's go with X. True. Punishment Wheel time. Let's no! go. No! <laughs> I said let's watch X. Now we're doing a Punishment Wheel. Okay, let's do it. To the wheel! <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> well, maybe we'll watch Miguel Gorilla this week. How are we gonna make an episode about Miguel Gorilla? It was already hard enough to make an episode about sugar bunnies. Oh god, I don't know. We're we're. If we roll Miguel Gorilla, I'm gonna say fuck it. We're watching Black Bullet. That's my caveat. Sure. If right. we don't land on actual anime, we can. If we roll on Miguel Gorilla, we're gonna we're gonna wild card it into. Uh, Black Bull. Well, we're still gonna have to watch McGilla Gorilla at some point. Right, we'll watch the McGilla Gorilla sometime. Okay, cool. This is an anime. Shrine of the Morning Mist. Alright, what's that? That's not McGilla Gorilla. This doesn't look bad. This looks great. Let's watch Shrine of the Morning Mist. Uh-oh. Uh, is there some reason that I'm gonna be frightened by what comes out of this? I don't know. Am I missing something? Well, we're going to watch it, and we're going to find out why it's on the punishment wheel, I'm sure. Can, can you look it up real quick, just to make sure it's not, like, porn or something? Not like, Eleven Eyes again? This it's actually like, looks kind of normal, so I'm just like... This looks like a generic, the most generic-ass anime I've ever seen. Is there, like, is there any horrible... You know what's crazy? This is probably going to be more easier to watch the next. 
So there are three comments on this show in, ti- in its entirety. Haven't, and one of them says, I haven't watched this. <laughs> that goes so hard. Just leave me a comment. I haven't seen this yet. Okay. Thank you. There are a lot of episodes. This is going to be tough to watch this. It's 26 episodes, but it looks like a normal anime that isn't impossible to watch. There's one YouTube video called Badass Priestess is Team Up to Exercise the Evil Spirits. I mean, this looks... Why is it on the punishment wheel? Maybe this is a this was a sleeper hit on the punishment wheel. This is the thumbnail. I mean, I'm looking Fearless. at it. I was watching yours, so I saw it. Oh. Alright, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week for Shrine of the Morning Mist. I'm sorry, I've completely stopped editing this, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I have no say in it, but I'm not sorry. Woke. 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 Snakeita. Woke. Woke, Sugar Bunny. Woke. I think Sneak watched Sugar Bunny is too much. Yeah, do the outro. Sneak up. All right, time for the outro. Uh, we will see you next week for another episode of Chasing Embus. Once again, my name is Nimu, and this is my co-host, Moopy. You can find all of our episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast networks, except for the Aka 13 episode. Uh, be sure to leave reviews, follow, and rate us, and click the link in the doobly-doo. Uh, also stop by Nimu's YouTube channel for anime-related videos. Uh, see you later, Chasers. Goodbye! Before, before you kick out Craig, I do promise... This will be the worst episode of the entire show. We will not, no, the next week will not be this bad, okay? What? This Just is great. Quickly. This went really well. Okay, kick out, Craig. Goodbye, Craig. <laughs>